Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. You turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4 today, and uh, I want to continue with something that I've been looking at uh, We uh, had been teaching on being led by peace, and I I realize we're not done with that by any means. Uh, But the Lord began to talk to me some time ago, and the last Wednesday that I was here with you, uh, we ministered on this turning to the Word, or turn to the Word, and uh, the, the last Sunday as well. But this is so important, and and I'll tell you why, because one of the things that the Lord said to us uh, concerning 2024, and uh, one of the things that he said to us, and, and we'll be getting these to, to everybody, Pastor Michelle will be bringing them back, we got them printed up, uh, concerning 2024, he said 2024 will require spiritual maturity, it will require that believers grow in the word, in the spirit, in love, and in peace. But the first thing he said that the requirement to grow in would be in the Word, to grow in the Word. Amen. We recently had Brother Jerry with us in, in the Kansas location, and he was talking about what the Lord said uh, to him uh, concerning 2024. And some of the things that uh, the Lord said uh, was it was imperative, it is a must that they stay in faith and remain focused on God's Word. It's it's a must. Amen. The Lord said in the Word that He he gave to us about peace, and and the Bible says that peace comes from the Word, all right? But in any event, He said in the world in 2024, you're going to see tumult, you're going to see ups and downs, He said, but for the believer, there'll be a wave on one side and a wave on the other side, but the believer will be in a bubble of peace and won't be affected. Amen. Well, well, why? Because we're giving our focus to the Word. We're giving our focus to the Word. Amen. You know where you are today is right where God wants you to be this morning. If you call this your church, you're right where God wants you to be. I was on my way to Kansas the other day, and I, and I got a call from a man of God that's so dear to us, uh, Reverend E.C. Morton and Pastor Michelle and I have always called him Dad Morton. Uh, we, we, started going, we started going to his church in 1996 is, is when we, we first went to his church. And uh, it was small. It was, about, it was about as big as this area right here. Were you ever in that old building? It was about as big as, as this right here. Seriously, maybe, maybe 50 people, maybe. And, and we started going to church there. And he just helped us in so many ways and fathered us in so many ways. His church isn't that size anymore. Uh, but uh, we've just remained close over all these years. Uh, we used to have lunch together about once a week, once every two weeks when, when I lived in Kansas. And uh, he called me the other day. 
And he said, uh, I, I, I call him about every Sunday and just tell him I love him and appreciate him. And, and uh, in any event, uh, he called me the other day and he asked me what was going on. And, and he's getting, getting older. He's, he's probably close to 80 now. And uh, in any event, he said, well, I just wanted to call you and say, you know, as things come to a head in my life, he said, I just want to call and tell you I've got it down on paper. I want you to do my funeral. And uh, my point that I'm saying is that, understand, it is so important that you're where God wants you to be because this life is the briefest thing you'll ever experience. And you don't have a month, a week, a day. You don't have six, you don't have five minutes to not be where God told you to be. Amen. And, and that's, that's, that's in, any, in, in any area. You, you, you got to be where God told you to be. Because one day soon, if the Lord tarries his coming five more minutes, we're all going to be gone. We're all going to be gone. Whether that's through the rapture or through going by the way of the grave. But either way, soon we're all going to be shouting on them hills. Amen. But the Bible says we got to occupy and get done what he asked us to do while we're on the earth. Don't let anything move you away from where God told you to be. Amen. Because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants, if he can move you away from where God wants you to be, he can stop you from receiving what God wants you to receive. And I have people they'll say, but you know, it was somebody close to me. You know, they just, my, my family or, or somebody, they just started, you know, wigging out on me. Listen, you need to understand something. If the devil cannot get to you and get you to move, he'll move through people around you that are weaker spiritually than you that he can talk to. That's, listen, that's why I've, I've, I've had people before that would just, like just freak out and what, well, what happened to them? Are they like Franken Christian or what? They, they, they just, they, they were not spiritually mature and the devil could come in there and work on them. Don't let anything move you away from where God told you to be. Amen. Why? Because that's where your victory is found. The victory that you're experiencing in your life because you're where God told you to be Amen? It's because you're where God told you to be, getting what God told you to receive. Amen? Glory to God. In any situation, under consideration, we always turn to the higher truth. And the Word is the higher truth. Say it out loud. The Word is the higher truth. So in any situation, under consideration, we always ask the question, what does the Word say? Right? What does the Word say about that situation? Ever what it may be, ever what it may be, morality, uh, faith, healing, prosperity, family issues. What does the word say? I say, what does the word say? I remember when it began to be invoked for pastors to slip, sip a little. You know what I mean by that? You know, sip a little, whatever. Amen. Well, but I don't see that in the Bible. Amen. The Bible says the man of God shouldn't be given to wine. Is that right? That's not legalism. That's just Bible. What the Bible says is not legalism. 
It's truth. Amen. Yeah, but I like me a little wine. Well, then you need to put that up against the Bible and see how much you like it. Because if it goes contrary to the Scripture, i got to go with the Scripture. I've had people come to me and say, how, mu- you know, how much can I drink and it not be a sin? Well, you're just telling me you want to drink. Because you're trying to figure out how much you can drink and be okay. And if you tell that person, well, zero, they'll say, well, you know, I, I, just, don't, I just don't believe God's legalistic. Well, that, 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 it's not, listen to me, I don't know why I'm saying this, it's, it's not, it's not so much that they don't believe what the Word says, it's that the Word is going contrary to what they want to do. And if you don't want to just go with the Word, if you want victory in your life all the time, you got to understand and come to this conclusion, if I see it in the Word, that's how it is. There's no question about it. If I find it in the Bible, if I find it, then that settles the issue. There's no more discussion about it. Is that right? Amen. Hallelujah. This is important because, because, because the Word of God is the most real thing that exists. Hallelujah. And as believers, we have to approach it that way. This is the most real thing there is. And if I see it in the Word, then that settles the issue. There's no further question about it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah you got to understand the nature of the Word. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Understand the nature of the Word. I, I had a dear lady in this church, in this church, young lady, came to me, and she said, what do you think about, she said, Pastor Steele, what do you think about drinking? I said, you shouldn't. And she said, well, do you believe it's sinful? I said, that's, that's, that's irrelevant. Here, here's, here's, how I, here's how I base it. When I go out to a restaurant, I see unbelievers that don't believe God, that don't want to live for God, and they're ordering up their wine, their beer, their whatever else. And here I am, a believer. At the very least, I don't want to be like the world. How in the world can you witness to anybody popping a top? Let me tell you about Jesus. In between sips of whatever. Right? It won't work. Why? Because you're no better off than they are. If I have no more victory than they have, how can I help them? Mm. Let me move right along. Amen. That's not, that's not legalism. That's just truth. I said, that's just truth. Listen, I grew up in churches where the deacon and the pastor would be smoking out back of the church. I, I, I know what I'm talking about. They were good people. They, they wanted to do right. But, the, but there were things they just didn't understand. If I want my witness, if I want people to believe what I say about the Word, if I want people to believe God will help them and put things back together, I can't be doing things that the Word will free me from. Amen. Hallelujah. 
I sit and hear preachers preach, and they'd be preaching on somebody's marriage and telling people what they ought to do in their marriage, and I knew good and well they weren't doing it. You ought not to have harsh words with your wife. And I knew they were ugly and mean to their wife. Well, what did that do to me? I'll tell you what that did to me. I just sat when they were preaching, closed my Bible, and just sat there and looked at them. Hallelujah. Nobody's perfect. But if you know the books against it or you know the books for it, that settles the issue. That settles it. Amen. Hebrews 4.12. Understand the nature of the Word. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Amplified Bible says the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. That's the nature of the word. It's full of power. And it's operative, it's energizing, and it's effective. So that means when you speak the word of God, it's effective against your circumstance. When you speak the word of God, it's operating, it's energetic. In other words, the Word of God is not static. The Word of God does not just sit still. The Word of God is moving. It's operating. Amen. The Bible tells us that all things that we see are upheld by the Word of His power. What Word of His power? Light be. And as, ever how long ago you believe the universe was created? It, the, the Word of God, that one Word from God has been sustaining it all those ever how many years you believe it was. Amen. Because it's full of power. Oh, hallelujah. No Word of God is void of power to cause itself to come to pass. I just have to believe it. The Word causes itself to come to pass. I have to believe it. Hallelujah. So when you find it in the Word and you believe it, it'll cause itself to come to pass. Faith is the catalyst. I say faith is the catalyst. When, when Abraham, when God came to Abraham and told Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. I'm going to cause you to have a son. And, and out of, and out of your, your lineage is going to come multitudes. The Bible says the only thing Abraham had to do was believe God. Because what does God do? Now follow me. This is, this is one of our, our word of faith scriptures. Why did, why did he have to believe God? Because it's God who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. It's God that does that. And the only thing Abraham had to do is believe God. And if you'll believe me, Abraham, I'll quicken the dead and I'll call things that be not as though they were. And you'll get just exactly what I said. The only thing you got to do is believe me. Amen. See, we complicate that. You just got to believe God because the Word has self-contained power. The Word does not just contain words. It contains the power of God. The Bible says this book is alive. It says this book is living. It might be something you can put in a bookshelf or set on your dresser or carry around and flip the pages, but it's alive with the power of God. 
And when, and when you fill your heart with the Word, and you fill your mind with the Word, and you start speaking the Word out of your mouth, when it gets in your heart as normal words, it enters into the combustion chamber of your heart, and it leaves your mouth full of the power of God, and it'll change your circumstance. Amen. All I have to do is believe it. I say all I have to do is believe it. Because it's full of power. It will cause itself to come to pass. That's why it's so supernatural. Amen. See, that's why you need to confess the word every day. And you confess it ever how much you want. But understand what's happening as you're confessing the word. It's going through that combustion process, and it's getting in your heart, and it's being mixed with faith. That's what the Bible says. It says in Hebrews chapter 4 that the reason the children of Israel, could, the, the first generation, could not enter into the promised land was they did not mix with faith the word that they heard. They didn't put it in their heart and mix it with faith. Right now what you're doing is you're believing. You're mixing the word of God with faith in your heart, and it's going in your eyes, in your heart, out your mouth, and what's being produced is the supernatural power of God that will, in fact, change your circumstance. Glory to God. Glory to God. Right now it's changing. Why is it changing? You got the word on it. You got the word on it. It's got to change. No circumstance that you're facing can uphold under the power of the word of God. It cannot stand up under the pressure that the word of God begins to put on it. The word of God is designed to break you free. It's designed to set you free. It's designed to make way in your life that nothing else can do because it is the supernatural power. Power of God Himself. Glory to God. Oh, I believe God. I believe God. When you believe the Word, you're believing the truth. Not a truth. The truth. For the world, this is a truth. For other religions, this is a truth. For us who are believers, it's the truth. It's the truth. There's no question. I said there's no question. Tell your neighbor, there's no question. This is the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at uh, 1 Thessalonians 2. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm glad I came to church today. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13. Paul says, For this cause we thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God that you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which does what? Which effectually worketh in you that believe. Is that what it says? Now notice, he says you did not receive it as the word of men. But as it is in truth, the word of God. Oh, hallelujah. And notice, it is effectually at work in you who what? Believe. So right now, what's happening in us that believe? The word is effectively working. 
It's effectively working. And the Amplified Bible says it is exercising its superhuman power in those who adhere to, trust in, and rely on it. So right now, the Word is exercising its superhuman power in my life, in your life, in the lives of your family. Why? Because you believe it. Because you believe it. Amen. How do you know that's going to happen? Because I believe it. How do you know that's going to change? Because I believe it. Because I believe it. See, don't overcomplicate it. I've watched people over the years. They, they overcomplicate faith. They got so many hoops they got to jump through. And I got to do this. And I got to confess this many times a day. And I got to do this. The only thing you have to do is believe. Yeah, but I, I just believe if I confess this three times a day, well, God might be leading you to do that. And if he is, it's because you need that much word going in you. But you cannot take that and make it one size fits all. At the bottom line, at, at the end of the day, you got to believe what the Bible says. And what will it do? Exercise its superhuman power in you. And I'm not talking about just knowing principles. I'm not talking about just knowing faith slogans. I know people that know principles and know faith slogans, and faith is no more working for them than a man in the moon. Because you can know the slogans, and you can know all the preachers, and you can tell me how many times you listened to Brother Hagin, and I heard Brother Hagin say that in 1972. I don't care. The proof of the pudding is in the eating. Is it working for you? If it isn't working for you, I don't care how many times you heard Brother Hagin say it. Amen. You got to believe what the Word of God says. Why? Because then it works effectively in you. It works effectively in you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. The Word is to be received as what? The Word of God. And that's simple. But notice what he said. He said, you didn't receive it as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. This is the word of God or God's given word. This is God having given his word. See, don't let pride blind you. Well, I know, I know it says that, but is it working? If you know it says it, is it working? Knowing it, it says it is not enough. I got to be working it. I got to see it working in my life. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? The word never leaves you the way you are. The word never leaves you in the circumstance you're in. It always changes you. And it always changes the circumstance. And it changes it for the better. Amen. Hallelujah. That, that's what causes the supernatural power in the Word to operate when we receive it as the Word of God. Okay, this is what God said. That's what I believe. I say, this is what God said. So that's what I believe. Amen. And that, that's how you receive it. 
So, so when you read the scripture that says, I'm the Lord that heals you, I, I understand that the understood subject there because I'm reading it is me. He's the Lord that heals me. That's what he said to me. I'm the Lord that heals you. So if I need healing, he's the Lord that's going to heal me. He's the Lord, my healer. Is that right? He said, if sickness is there, I'll take it from you. He said that because of the fact that he went to the cross and bore the stripes and died on the cross, if that happened, that was the means of me being healed. I believe that. I received that. So therefore, I'm the healed of the Lord because the Bible says it. And I received that as truth. It's the Word of God. Mm. The Word is always effective. You have to believe that it's the most real thing that exists. Hallelujah. It's the most real thing that exists. This, this is what you believe. Right? Every, every circumstance is there, but the Bible says, remember in 2 Corinthians 4, it says we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. They are temporal, King James says, or subject to change. We don't look at the things that are seen in the natural. We look in the Word at the things that are not seen. And what is not seen will bring to nothing what is seen. Because what is seen, everything that you see, is subject to the higher power of what is not seen. Every circumstance that you may face that involves anything in your life, temporal things, the Word can change. Listen, the, the Bible says in John chapter 1, all things were created by Jesus, and without Him was not anything made that was made. That Listen, that includes finances, that includes houses, that includes any temporal thing that you may need. He created all of it. I have the supreme power. I have the foundational power in my hands right here, the Word of God. This created everything. I can go to this book and whatever I need, I can get the power to see it come to pass in my life because this is the foundational concept. Everything in this earth is subject to this. Oh, hallelujah. It's the most real thing that exists. Look at Jeremiah 23. It's the most real thing that exists. Hallelujah. Yeah, but pastor, the pressure's real, but the Word's more real. The Word's more real. The pressure's real, but the Word's more real. Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my Word like a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Mmm. The Amplified says, Is not my word like a fire that consumes all that cannot endure the test, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks into pieces the rock of most stubborn resistance. Of most stubborn resistance. What, what is that letting us know? What do you do? You keep hitting it with the word. You keep hitting it with the word. You keep hitting it with the word. The moment that you encountered that circumstance and you applied the word to it, the word compromised the integrity of that thing. 
Hallelujah. When, for instance, if, if he's talking about a, a huge rock here. If you take a big boulder, I'm not talking about just a, a rock, a small rock, a huge boulder, and you take a sledgehammer to that boulder, and you, and you hit it, you have compromised the integrity of that thing. You may not can see it. It may not have left very much of a mark, but you keep applying the pressure. Eventually, chips are going to start flying because you've, you've made it weak. Right now, the Word of God is weakening your situation, and it will eventually bow to the power of the Word of God. Amen. This is called the fight of faith. This is the work of faith, is you taking the word and applying it on a consistent basis. Folks, it's not enough to come to a faith church. It's not enough to listen to faith messages. It's not enough to go to the believers' conventions. It's not enough to shout and hallelujah and watch it on YouTube. At some point, you got to take the word of God and apply it to your circumstance and see the thing change. Because that's what the Word will do. Amen. That's the supernatural operation of the Word. Nothing can stand up under the supernatural power of the Word. Nothing. Nothing can. Amen. Because when confronted with the unchangeable Word, the situation has to change. Has to change. Why? Because the Word says it will. The Word says it will. Amen. Well, I knew so-and-so. Don't bring the word down to the level of experience. Well, I saw so-and-so do that, and it didn't work. You are basing what you believe about the word on their experience. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let, 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 me, let me say to this. When, when the Lord told me all those years ago, he said, uh, February 22nd, 1999 is your last day on your job. I, I was working uh, in the, the corporate world, and he said, February 22nd, 1999 is your last day on your job. Well, I started making preparations. Now, I don't have time in one service to get into all that. I had, I had been fasting and praying and seeking the Lord and, and hearing from God because we were, we were pastoring the DeSoto location, the Kansas location, and, and for the first little bit of time, I was working all day, and then pastor in church. Well, I realized you can't pastor a church adequately and work a full-time job. You got to be able to give yourself to the work of the ministry. And, and I wasn't trying to get off a job just because I was lazy. Some folks say God hadn't told them to go get a job. You need to open the Bible and see where it says a man don't work, you don't eat. God just told you to go get a job. Moving right along. <laughs> but, but listen, he had conditioned me with the verse of Scripture that says in, in the book of 1 Timothy, so then hath the Lord ordained that they that preach the gospel should live of the gospel. I've been standing on that verse. Well, here's the reason I'm saying that. is so I stepped out from my job on the word. I didn't just leave my job. I stepped into my real job. That job had been sustaining me. The victory was going to come when I was where God told me to be. How did I have to do it? I didn't just take a chance and step out. 
I stepped out on the word. Right? I know ministers right now that they will talk to me all the time. I'd like to be in the full-time ministry like you. They have been saying that for 15 years. And when you say, I stepped out on the word of God, I did, you got, you got to believe the word of God. If you're, oh Lord, if you're, if they're waiting until their church reaches a certain head count, reaches a certain number of attendants, where they can look and see it on the books that God can now support them because they have enough people, they'll never do it. They'll never, and, I, and I'm not saying anybody should do it frivolously. I'm, I'm just saying, that's what they're looking at. I was looking at the Word. This is what God told me to do. Right? And when confronted with the unchangeable Word, the situation has to change. Not might, has to. Has to change. It is impossible for you to lose standing on the Word. Well, again, Pastor, I knew so-and-so. Mm-mm. Don't bring up their experience. You don't know what they were doing, and neither do I. Nobody in here knows what the person next to you is believing except the person next to you. Well, I believe they're believing this. I'm glad that you believe it, but what do they believe they're believing? Because that's what, that's what it comes down to. Amen. I've had to go to my wife before and say, look, I understand why, why we're, we're having trouble getting this done. She said, why? I said, because I'm not believing. Pastor, you don't believe? I'm just like you. I'm just exactly like you. Amen. Am I helping you? There may be resistance to the word, but the word will always prevail. See, what do you believe about the word? What do you believe about the word? Well, let's look. Let's, let's, let's look. Isaiah 55. You know, I, I, I go to some of these scriptures, and, and we know these, and sometimes I avoid them because they just become cliche. I was studying for this message, and, and I would think about certain verses, and i say, Lord, I don't want to go there. Because when I go there, people quit reading their Bible and they just look at me and quote the scripture in their head and they no more got it than a man in the moon. I'm not saying you, I'm saying people. Right? Not you, people. That's important. I remember one time I was at one of my, I, I coached my uh, Angela, my uh, 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 third, fourth child and a uh, second, second daughter, fourth child. And I coached her basketball team, a junior high basketball team. And uh, we were there at the, the end of the year, and we were having a, a deal. And, and uh, we were having uh, uh, the fifth grade boys team wanted to play my girls team, and we beat them. And uh, so that was hard to swallow. But n- nonetheless, you say, what's, what's that got to do with anything? Nothing. But my point is, I was standing there, and one of the parents came up to me. He knew I was a pastor. And he goes, so what have you been preaching on? Well, you know. You know, you ask me that question, and it's like F-A-I-T-H, right? And especially at that point, I said, well, you know, I've been going through the book of, of Hebrews chapter 11 and, uh, and uh, teaching on faith. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, faith, faith. Oh, yeah, wonderful stuff, faith. I could tell right then he didn't know, know a lick about faith. <laughs> didn't know a lick about faith. Because <laughs> it is wonderful stuff. Ah, but, you know, you, you understand? Don't fall into that trap familiarity breeds contempt 
it, it causes you to miss the power of what's being said. And here in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10, notice he says, as the rain comes down from he- down and the snow from heaven and does not return, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. He just explained to us how the word works. Like rain from heaven and snow from heaven. It waters the earth and causes it to bring forth and bud. Is that right? Now notice, he just explained that's how the word works. So when you hear the word, you put the word in your, in your eyes, you put it in your ears, it gets in your heart, it starts bringing forth a harvest of what? Not just what you need of what you're believing for. The word doesn't produce what you need. It produces what you believe. And you'll get what you need if you believe the word about it. If God, if God, if the word just produced what people needs, then everybody's need would be met. You got to believe it. Verse 11, so shall my word be. Now you can't, you don't, you, you do not begin a proper sentence with the word so. It connects two thoughts. Hallelujah. So he said, as the rain comes down, snow from heaven, waters that does not return thither. Now notice, he's, he's telling you something. The rain comes down that doesn't go back. The snow comes down that doesn't go back. It does its job. Then he says, so shall my word be. What does that mean? Let's, let's start breaking it down. That means the word's coming right now. The word is coming into your heart like what? Like rain and like snow. And it's not going back. It's going to get the job done. Glory to God. It's going to get the job done. Why? Notice, it will not return to me void. It will not return to me empty. Oh, hallelujah. It will not return to me without fruit. But it will. It shall. See, that's got to be your mindset where the word's concerned. The word shall accomplish what I please. Is that right? Is that right? See, so that takes that phrase that a lot of people say. You'll say, how are things going about a situation? Well, you know, I'm working the word. But no, 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 wait a minute. It shall prosper in the thing I sent it to. It will accomplish what I please. Right now, right now, right now, the word is accomplishing what God said it would in your life. Amen? Mm. In other words, it won't return empty or without fruit. The word will never fail to accomplish what it's sent to do. Dependence on the word is dependence upon God. When you have God's word on something, you have God on that thing. That just settles the issue. I've had people tell me, well, I wish the Lord would just speak to me about that. Well, he did somewhere in here. Hallelujah. You know, I love it when you go to, ser- to, to services and, and the Holy Spirit starts moving and the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. But here's, here's the issue. Lord, I've got to be nice. 
a lot of lazy people go and want words. When the Bible says the man that's going to get the fruit of the word is the man who dug down deep and founded his house on the rock. He had to dig. Tell your neighbor, you got to dig. You've got to dig into the Word. When the Bible talks about the pearl of great price, it talks about a man that went and found it. He dug for it, and he found the pearl of great price. And then he went and sold everything he had to buy it. It cost him something. To get the power out of the Word of God, it will cost you something. While everybody else is watching TV, you're going to be digging. While everybody else is just hanging out drinking tea, you're going to be digging. While everybody else is just playing games, you're going to be digging. Why? Because what God wants to bring into your life is far greater than the temporal pleasure that you can get out of whatever fleshly pursuit there is. If you dig, God said, ask, it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it shall be open. But all three of those things involves you and I doing something. I've got to ask, I've got to seek, I've got to knock. And when I ask, I receive, I seek, I find, I knock, and it's open to me. You've got to dig for the things of the Word of God. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible is a record of, of God's Word given to the believer. It's a written record of what God has promised. And understand, God did not make His promise in secret. It's, it is the best-selling book ever. Every year, the best-selling book is the Word of God, the Bible. And, and, and a lot of people don't view it as the Word of God. They just view it as the Bible. But you can't, you can't escape the fact that every year on the bestseller list, this is number one. He didn't do it in secret. Hallelujah. But you still have to dig. Look at Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Am I helping you? i got about 12 minutes. I should be able to do it. And you know, I, I say if you need to, even if, if you don't need to, you maybe just want to, you know, order the CD. Go, go in, a, in a day or so and look at it on YouTube. Get it on the podcast. Keep putting it in your heart. Don't just come and hear it and say, boy, wasn't that a wonderful sermon. Get it and listen to it again and again and again and again and again and again. Well, that, that's how the victory comes. That's how the victory comes. Amen. About the third or fourth time that I listen to my pastor's series on No More Limits, I got it. Now, there are people you know and I know that listen to that sermon, and they no more have no more limits in their life than a man in the moon. They have more limits than they've ever had. Amen. Why? Because it's great. It's great to shout about being a Nike man. It's great to shout about no limits. It's great to shout about, about God giving you everything that he promised in his word. But then it's a different situation to go look at the limits that you see and still say, I'm Nike man. Right? See, that, that's important because you're, you're digging. Remember in that series he told the story about he had that big St. Bernard? 
and had some beagles that lived next door. Those little beagles, yap, 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 yap. And he said they could jump up on, on the top of their doghouse and kind of see over the fence. And he said finally one, of those, one day, one of those little beagles decided he'd dig under the fence. Come over in the yard. Because there St. Bernard would go to the knot hole in the fence. And beagles would be yap, 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 yap. And he'd go over and stick his nose in that knot hole and say, roof, right? And all the beagles would scatter. He said one day one of those beagles came under the fence. And there St. Bernard got out of his house and, you know, kind of loped over there. And he said that beagle saw that big St. Bernard coming, and he just turned around and started digging, right? And he got about halfway through, and he got hung. One, one part of him on this side, another part of him on the other side. And he said, I could just imagine what was in that little beagle's mind. He's got this big, huge dog behind him, and his hind end is sticking out here. Finally, he got through that fence. And, and he said, he said, some of y'all got to be like that little beagle dog. You want the things of God, you got to dig for it. Right? Amen. Amen. You're going to go home, people say, what pastor preach on? I don't know, something about a dog. But anyway, <laughs> you got to dig. This is important. Amen. You, you got to dig. Luke chapter 5, verse 3. He entered into one of the ships that was Simon's, prayed to me, would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down, taught the people out of the ship. When he left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught, for a catch. And Simon said, Master, we've toiled all night, taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, we'll let down the net. When they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, their net break. They beckoned to their partners that were in the other ship that they should come and help them, and they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Mm. Often the focus in these verses is Peter's net or the boat sinking load of fish. Well, there's no doubt those are important. In truth, the emphasis is on what caused the catch of fish. That broke his net. The word. One translation, the Lamsa translation says, Peter said, just because of your word. Just because of your word. It was the word that caused the catch. If Jesus said, let down your nets for a catch, then when Peter let down the nets, there's going to be a catch. Now, now here's the reciprocal to that. If Peter don't believe it, he's got a dry net. It's important. See, that's the answer to why can two people go to the same church, hear the same thing, and one get it and receive from it, and one not. See, people don't like this. One believed and one didn't. It's that cut and dry. What you believe about what God said is what you're going to receive. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Jesus wasn't noticed. He wasn't concerned with what they'd done all night. He knew what would happen if Peter acted on the word. 
God cares about you, but he's not concerned with where you failed and where you haven't measured up and where you've missed it. He's not concerned about your past. He's not concerned about, about what you had or don't have, the education you had, or that you don't have this, that, the other. Whether you've been this or you've been that, will you act on the word? That's what he's concerned about. Hmm. The word didn't return empty. If the word said there would be a catch of fish, it was going to happen. Amen. Some will say, well, why didn't the word work? Listen, the issue is never with the word working. It's always with what do you believe about the word? What do you believe about the word? I had a pastor friend of mine tell me I was too strong about the word. I'm saying that he's in heaven today. He, he wouldn't be offended if he didn't. Well, he probably does know I'm saying it, but bless you. But he told me. He wanted to give his church to me one time because he, he, he was an evangelist. He wasn't a pastor. And he started this church, and, and he didn't know what to do with it. So he asked Michelle and I if we would pastor that church, and we were going to. He said, well, come on over and preach. I'd preached for him before. He shouldn't have known what he was getting. And I came over and taught on seven things God wants to do for you from the book of Psalm, chapter 91. Seven things that God wants to do for you. He'll, he'll be with you. He'll keep you. He'll keep you alive in trouble, right? All these different things. And, and, and the end result of that was you got to believe God. He told me, he, when he asked me for lunch, he said, well, what are you going to do if somebody comes to you and said, I did that and it didn't work? I said, I'm going to say that's impossible. You can't do what the Word said and it not work. That's impossible. He said, but people aren't going to understand that. I said, well, that, then they need to get in the Word until they do understand it. Maybe they don't come to church enough. He decided he didn't want to give me that church because <laughs> I was too strong on the Word. But you got to understand, I know where I was when I got a hold of the Word. This, this is not somebody's teaching that changed my life. It's the Word that changed my life. God brought it through different vessels, but it's the Word that changed me. I had nothing. I was doing nothing. I had nothing. I was going nowhere. My, amen. My life was better than it had ever been, but it was still not what it could have been. And when I got a hold of the Word, my whole life changed. Amen. Hallelujah. The Word of God contains the power to bring itself to pass. So the Word is working. When? Right now. Amen. The Word is working. When? When? Oh, help me. When's it working? When's it working? See, you say it and say it. The Word's working right now. The Word is working right now. Amen. When, when, when you're talking to somebody, your family, your spouse, your friends, whoever, and they say, what about that situation? You say, the Word's working right now. The Word is working right now. Amen. The Word is working right now. Oh, glory to God. Amen. We used to be on radio station AM 1030 in uh, Kansas City, Kansas City Worshiping Jesus. We were on there for years. And uh, 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 right after uh, uh, we came on, was a friend of ours, and then right after them, every, every time on the way home, on the radio, you'd hear this music come on. Down, 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 down. The word is working mightily in me. All the way from England, Arkansas. Right? Charles Capps. Hallelujah. Now, I know many of us have listened to Brother Capps, but here's, here's the thing that I, I want you to see. 
Why, why did he use that song that David Ingalls wrote? Because the word is working mightily in you right now. If the word's in you and it's working, it only works one way. Mightily. Effectively. We read just a moment ago, superhuman strength is working in you. Amen? So the word is working right now. The word is actively working on and changing the situation. When? Right now. The Word is bringing to light and discovering the answers I need. When? Right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ah, let me. Okay, let me see. Let's go to James chapter 1. This will be our last verse, but you need to see this. You come back tonight, we'll have some more. Hallelujah. Used to go home on Sunday evening and say, Mama, what's to eat? Leftovers. Come on. <laughs> Glory to God. James chapter 1, verse 22. I'm going to hurry. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If any be a hearer of the word, not a doer, is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Look at verse 25. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The word looks, looks into the perfect law of liberty. It means to look or to inspect. Now, that's the beginning. Looking into the word, inspecting the word. But then he said he continues. That word means he perseveres, he abides, he continues. That's what produces results from the word. Not just looking into it, not just inspecting it, persevering with it, staying with it, continuing with it. And, and hear me when I say this. If you're continuing with the word, you should be seeing results. I said you should be seeing results. And it could be long-term results. It could be slower or faster, depending upon what you got to do. Pastor Michelle and I, one time, uh, uh, we got a, 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 a bad report from the doctor physically. Amen. And, of course, we were already applying the word. Amen. But Brother Hagin told a story one time. I don't know if you remember it. He prayed for a child one time. Mother brought a child up to him. And uh, the, the baby was like six or seven years of age, but it was, it was small enough to be on a pillow and never had walked, never had. And Brother Hagin uh, uh, went to pray for the baby, and the Lord told him. Basically, there was nothing that he could do right then, nothing that Brother Hagin could do, help him. And so on the way home, he said, I was crying. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why couldn't I help those people? And he said, because that baby needed a creative miracle. They didn't need a healing. They need a creative miracle. And, and the anointing on, on your life is that anointing for healing. Now, God did eventually help that baby out because he told the parents and God did help them. But here's my point that I want to make is, see, when we got that report, we understood this is something that an injury had caused some number of years ago. It wasn't just a healing. We needed wisdom. So we had to continue in the Word. You following me? It wasn't something that could be healed. It had to be changed through a miracle. We just had to stay with the Word. It progressed slower, but it's progressing. If you're applying the word, the word's working. It's bringing about a change. Tell your neighbor, say, it's working. 
But there's no such thing as a person that's applying the word and nothing happening. Mm. Verse 25, he said, not being a forgetful hearer. Now that word forgetful, very often when we, when we think about that, we think, you know, somebody forgot something. The word forgetful, you can look it up for yourself. It means negligence. To be negligent. Amen. What does that, what does that mean? Uh, 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 a lady got healed of cancer in Brother Copeland's ministry. And some few years after she had got healed, uh, that cancer tried to come back. And so she, this is many, many years ago, she called him, was talking to him. And uh, she said, that cancer's come back. He said, all right, well, let's get the word. And he said he heard her put, his, put her hand over the phone and say, where's my Bible? Somebody find my Bible. I don't know where my Bible's at. He said, well, I knew right away we were going to have to start from the beginning. And he said, we did. She got healed again. Hallelujah. But, you know, if she would not have been negligent on the word, she would have rose up herself. Is that right or not? The Lord, Amen. The Lord said to me, the word's so important because it contains your covenant. Every promise is a blood-sworn oath for your good and for your victory. Your part is in simple faith, believe in and stand on your covenant. For many, the word's not working because of neglect. Now, we'll get, we'll get into this next week. I'm not going to go there because... Number one, I'm out of notes, and number two, it's time to go. But the measure of thought and attention, you give the word. Mark chapter 4, especially in the Amplified Bible, around verse 23 through 25, says the measure of thought and attention that you give to the word you see is the measure that it will come back to you. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Have you ever seen anybody... They decide they don't want to make a change in their life, whether it's uh, uh, physically, you know, uh, 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 with their health, with whatever, their, their, right, their weight. And everybody knows that person that they're tomorrow. They're going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to eat some cake today and start tomorrow. But here's the problem. Tomorrow there's going to be more cake. Right, So what's the best way to do that? I'm, I'm not eating cake today because when do you start changing? When do you start? Listen to me. When do you start applying the word? Right now, not tomorrow. Don't, don't go home tonight and veg out on reruns of Star Trek The Next Generation. Start now. Start now. I say, I'm going to say this under the unction of the Holy Spirit, and you do whatever you want to do with it. There are people in the sound of my voice, you know more about the ball game scores than you know about the promises God made you. And if that's the case, then when that attacks your body, you might know who won the last football game, but you won't know how to get healed. And the only way you know that is by the Word of God. That's the only way you know it. I'm, I'm going to finish with this. Bear with me. You got a moment? The Word will not stop working as long as we maintain our attention on it. That's a choice. It will not stop working as long as we maintain our attention on the Word. You give the Word your attention, and it will not stop working. Oh, hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, right now, the Word of God is working mightily in me. 
Amen. Bow your heads with me real quick. Bow your heads. Close your eyes, please.